They may sound nuts, but so do the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back into It's Just Sports with Flieger and Briggs here on the 12-Ounce Sports Network. Check out everything 12-Ounce Sports has going on over at 12OunceSportsNetwork.com. At 12 Ounce Sports, that's 12 OZ Sports on the tweeters. And of course, you can follow your boys at Asylum Football on Twitter. It's just sports123 at gmail.com. And if you want the archives of this nonsense going back a long, long ways, head on over to asylumfantasysports.com. Wow, Rick. I just, I don't know what else to say, but wow. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy world, isn't it? We are Fligger and Briggs. And uh, this is It's Just Sports. And I tell you what, we were three or four days ago lamenting. What are we going to talk about? Everything's shut down. This is crazy. And boy, I'll tell you what, free agency opened up and here we go. Yeah, the the NFL hath delivered. So uh, thank goodness for that. Uh, Obviously, a weird time in this country. You can go to every other radio show, TV show, podcast, anything you want and talk about this coronavirus. We are not going to spend any time on that and the effects of it. I just, it's still amazing to me. I guess this is all I'll say about it. To think about a world, you know, forget doing sports talk like we're doing with no sports. This is, it's amazing. And I tell you what, it shows you how dependent you become on it that I don't know what to do with myself up, up until noon today when this free agent frenzy started. I don't know what to do with myself right now. Yeah, it, it's an adjustment period, that's for sure. But, you know, leave it <clears> – <throat> pardon me. Leave it to us. We will bring you nonsensical, irrelevant talk, if nothing else, because, and we Kinda will keep we you entertained. I mean, you know, I wanted to start off a little bit, though, Rick. You know, we're, we're talking about some of these free agency moves and, you know, the franchise tags and everything – are starting to get handed out, or they are handed out, excuse me. And basically it's because by a mere 60 votes, the CBA was ratified, which in turn allowed basically every team in the league to get 30 or $40 million of, of cap space right. ahead of them. But a lot of people out there may not exactly know, you know what it entails, you know, the, the agreement itself. Oh, okay. And – just a, a quick synopsis. 2020 is still going to have 16 games. Right. 2021 will have the 17th game, but they're going straight into um, 12 to, or the 14 team playoffs, seven in each conference in 2020. Just, just to let you guys know out there. Um, some of the interesting things. That I, well, one really interesting thing. Apparently, five hundred did not vote. That that was stunning to me. That it was really was. That was incredible. Now, t- to appoint some of the players that were on maybe a practice squad last year at this time were able. Um, right, yeah. you know they they were actually union members, yeah, you know, quote unquote, last year, right? And they're not right now, so that takes away a few. But even if that was 150, whatever right. it was, I mean, that is a lot of players that 
apparently didn't think enough of the league or the future of the league, their colleagues, however you want to put it. Right. To cast a vote. Yay or nay. Yeah. I mean, and, and I thought that was that was kind of troubling in a way. Well, I, I think it's reflective of, you know, where we are societally, I guess. I mean, for every election, you know, national political election, you know, the, one of the big things they always talk about is turnout. But, boy, you think about something that directly impacts each individual there. It's really, really strange that, you know, that, that you would choose not to vote on that. And then it comes down to 60 votes, right? That, that's the old kicking yourself. There's a close election and maybe I should have gone and had my voice heard. I'd love, they probably never will. I don't think anybody'd want to ad- admit it. If they could track somebody down who willfully chose not to vote in this thing, I'd be curious as to why. Yeah, I, I really yeah. would. Yeah, I, I would too. Um, yeah, I just thought that was, and as close as it was to ratified, I, I thought that was uh, surprising, if nothing else. I guess by 2029, the minimum salary is going to be a million dollars. It's something, though, isn't it? I mean, if you see, if you start to think about oh, it, I mean, a minimum salary. I mean, these guys aren't making three four hundred thousand dollars i mean minimum yeah a million dollars i mean that's that's incredible um we won't get into the you know the drug policy you're not going to get suspended for pot or whatever um i guess you're still going to get some sort of um duis if you have some of that increased penalties for that um another thing that i thought was kind of interesting was looking over the work rules. I don't know if you had a chance to look at that or not. Oh, I didn't go that far, no. Um, I, I mean, I heard about less contact in free a- or free agency, good Lord. You can tell what's on top of my right. mind tonight in, in training camp and things like that. I didn't dig deep. There are, um, you know, vested veterans, and that is players with four or more crude seasons, receive up to five days of absences for workouts. So it's basically a paid vacation after you come back from vacation, apparently. Nice. Is what it sounds like. Um, Including one OTA without losing off-season workout bonuses. There's a mandatory three days off, and I think this is a great one, mandatory three days off after a Thursday game. I mean, they just played on Sunday. Right. Thursday. And then they have to play Thursday, and it's a mandatory three days off. I, I think that's great. Um, it doesn't matter. These are young men. Yeah. Their bodies are taking a pound in four days apart. So two, two. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so back Monday. Although right. I think most good coaches, right, they're still not coming back till Tuesday, are they? Or am no, I wrong probably not that? after a Sunday game. Right. But, um, you know, I – yeah, I don't know how it worked after the Thursday. Maybe they were working on Saturday or Could something. I, I don't been. know. Um, rosters, um, teams can designate an additional player to return from IR each year, three instead of two. Um, two practice squad players each week may be elevated to the team's active roster, and a team doesn't have to replace the player on the practice squad. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, so you know. treating it more like an actual taxi squad. We're just moving guys on and off and not making them full transactions. Right. There's logic to that, I think. Yeah. 
active day game rosters are increased from 46 to 48. And practice squads expanded from 10 to 12 players um, up to 2021, then to 14 starting in 2022. And finally, holdouts. Increase fines for holdouts and players who leave training camp without permission. Players on, and I think this is good. Um, you know, they got an increase in revenue sharing and so forth. Um, players under contract, which I, I think that's the important thing. You're under contract. Right. So, I mean, they're increasing the fines if you decide you're going to hold out and just leave like some players have done, leaving training camp while you're under contract. And, um, you know, that's basically it in a nutshell. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. They're still working out the um, the 17-game schedule. Quite frankly, I don't think it's all that hard if you think about it. If you go – because they're talking about, well, you could have, you know, what would happen if it's a real tight division and, and New England has one more home game than Buffalo, whatever it is. Just make the – the extra home games for one conference one year and for another conference the next year. That yeah. way it all stays the same in a, in a close divisional race. I would think that's what they're going to do. I, I don't think they've announced that necessarily. But, look, it is an advantage, right? Every other year it's an advantage slash disadvantage for somebody. That's the oddest thing. Now, let's be honest. This thing was just – this is just a gateway to eighteen. Right now, that's a long right. gateway. Ten years is a long ways off. Oh, yeah. But in the year twenty, what years is so twenty thirty? When we do this thing again, it's going to be eighteen games. I, I think we know that, and is what's coming. So, but look, it is an advantage. It what is it sixty percent the winning percentage of a home team or something like that? If I'm not mistaken, so it's a significant advantage. Yeah. So it almost has to be by division, by conference. Just split the league in half and do it every other year. Kind of makes it. What I want to know is who is this seventeenth game for everybody? Well, I think How that's do they the figure. This I think that is the whole crux of the matter. Why they haven't tried to shove this into the 2020 yeah, football year figure. because they don't know what to do with it. I mean, does TV just get to? Because right now, with 16 games, take all the player safety stuff out of which you can't. But for this conversation, take all of that out of it. The schedule makes so much sense right now. Right. You play your divisional opponents twice. You play one full division in the opposite, opposite conference, one full division in your conference, and then in every other division in, in your conference at the slot where everybody else finished. All the second-place teams right. play. All the, <clears throat> It makes perfect sense. Now you just throw in this odd-numbered game <laughs> that – fits into this not at all uh, I'll, I'll be really curious how it, how that's determined and more importantly where is it played in the season true because you still need these divisional opponents towards the end, of the, the, end year, of the year yeah right? i like that they've really yeah, made an you, effort to you do can't that just recently. all of a sudden in the 17th game oh well new orleans is playing Oakland, and you know what I'm saying? It yeah, just wouldn't make going any to sense. Heinz Field, and the other one's got Jacksonville coming. Right. Yeah. In, you know what I mean? Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, somebody's going to be playing Jacksonville or however. I mean, it's got to be some sort of, I would think, 
I don't know. I don't know how to do a rivalry in state. I don't know, but there's got to be. I've seen that floated. How many in-state rivalries are there? Did there we talk about it on this show? There really yeah, don't there exist. There aren't. No, and, and there, well, and you can't create rivalries either. I'm no. sorry. It, it's, no, the it's, Eagles and the Steelers aren't rivalries. Right. The, the Texans and the Cowboys aren't rivals. Right. It, the the Rams and Chargers aren't rivals. So you you can try to drum them up. I I almost wouldn't mind. That might be still for me the solution. I don't know who you pick as the opponent. I think what could, it won't make it a rivalry, but it'll make it interesting for that 17th game if they're not already playing. Have the Steelers and Eagles play, but have them play at Penn State. Have somebody go play at, what do they call that thing in Alabama, at Bryant Stadium. Have somebody, have the Lions play somebody in Ann Arbor. There's creative things they can do with this. It doesn't sound like that's what they're planning on right now. This is more... You know, from fans and people like us speculating on what they could do. There could be some neat things they could do out of it. You know, almost in the middle of the year, declare a wacky week, right, where you're going to see weird stuff. You know, we're actually going to let Jacksonville come home from London for a week and play, you know, in the swamp in Gainesville or something, have them play Tampa Bay. I, I don't know what it could be. They could get creative with it, but I suspect they're not going to. No, because... I would certainly think that a lot of the um, discussion about this extra game is going to, you know, from from both aspects of it, because you have revenue sharing, but the owners, you know, you own a team, say, in Tampa, you know, or Jacksonville, as you, as you brought up, those, those two teams. You don't want one of those games at a neutral site Right. Because your city is losing out the revenue. Yeah, yeah. And those cities, for the most part, have contributed millions of dollars to build a stadium, whatever. The workers work, then live there, and so forth. So, yeah, I don't think any of this creative, let's go here and play, is going to work. But they're going to have to come up with some sort of standard deviation for who you play i don't know does the um you know last year's first place team in the afc east play the last place team in the nfc west and work your way that way i don't know yeah you wonder if they'll 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 almost have to right assign some logic to it to give it the at least the appearance of fair i'm doing the air quotes thing here you know it's because right now the schedule in and of itself, as it exists, is fair, right? Yeah. Fair and predictable is the other thing. You can look out five, six years and know who everybody's opponents are going to be. It's very predictable. And, and again, it, it's fair. It's you play your division. That makes all the sense in the world. Each conference, each division, it, it's all logical. This 17th game, I'm actually surprised. Is maybe the players don't care necessarily. Something that wasn't bargained. Right. It, right. I guess that's more between the teams. I guess the players they'll just show up and play whoever as long as as long as they're getting paid. You know, probably I don't know something in a union would would be less interested in. I guess. I, I it, it that's quite what I'm most curious about out of this. I got to tell you before we move on from it. Walking away from this, you know, I was convinced at this time last year we were staring down the barrel of a work stoppage. 
this was I hate to give the owners too much credit for anything. This was a brilliant move by the owners. This as it was proposed to get to their ultimate goal of 18 games. And for a lot of teams are getting it, adding in essentially another playoff round, right? By adding one right. more playoff team, taking it down to one bye week, you're getting 18 games from a scheduling standpoint, if that makes sense. Because you're almost – it feels like you're adding another week. You're really not, but but it feels that way. But to propose it in a way where – what is it, 60%, I believe, of the players – are, are kind of your rank-and-file league, you know, veteran minimum right. out in three years. This deal was written towards them. And I'm sure. thinking that this is how this vote went, right? The veterans were very much against it, you know, on principle, on the 17th game, on the on the percentage and all these things, which are things that rich people can worry about, right? The guys exactly. that have made their money, they can worry about that, whereas 60% or more of the league is affected by this, you know, if I can make it to 2029 or whatever year you said that was, I can be making a million dollar a year. So you appealed to the, the rank and file, to the masses of the group, right? right? We didn't set this up where at the end of the day – the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Ben Roethlisberger's, the big money quarterbacks, we're all going to benefit from this, and you guys are still down here doing what you're doing. You create roster spots for these same type of guys, getting game action with two additional, uh, right. two right. additional active players every week, in- increasing the the practice squad. It was really a brilliant move on their part, and probably less of an investment if this one hadn't got done. And you were negotiating with the the upper tier of players. Really, a smart move by them. And quite frankly, I think they that's the direction that the deal should have went. I, I agree I, with to you. your point. I mean, look, I we're all for both of us have freely admitted I am all for for any player getting as much money Every as he can. You can yeah. But you know what, Aaron Rodgers and like you said, Drew Brees and some of these guys. You know, they've, they've established themselves. They're making the, the huge money, the millions and millions of dollars, not to mention the millions of dollars in, in endorsements and everything else right. that comes with, you know, the superstardom. But they geared it, like you said, to the, to the rank and file, to that average guy that's going to be out of the league in three to five years, whatever, and he's still a 20-something-year-old kid that, you know – Still not real secure. No. Hey, no. because let's face it, I'm sorry. I was 20-some years old. I'm stupid. And and a lot of 20-some-year-old people with a lot of money are really stupid. A lot of 40-year-old people well, with yeah, no I mean, money are stupid, Oh, exactly. Too. There's no doubt about that. But How I'm just saying. Are 60-year-old I'm 148, and I'm stupid, so it doesn't matter. But but you see, I'm I'm agreeing with you. That's the direction they should have went. And, and um. I actually think that that was a smart move. Like you said, you don't want to give them a lot of credit, but hey, they're all billionaires. They're not. Right. They're not stupid either. Yeah, they 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 certainly are. They they make head scratching decisions sometimes. So, all right, before we get into all the moves today and their impacts, uh, they did the NFL did announce today that the NFL draft will be held. Will be held on time, but all kind of the activities and the fun and frivolity surrounding it are are already canceled. Aren't going to happen. So, 
This is going to be a weird one, too. I'm almost looking forward to it. You watch back to those old videos of just the commissioner standing in some hotel ballroom with a chalkboard behind him announcing picks. Look, it does take a lot of the excitement out of it. I feel bad for the kids coming out, right? Your chance to walk across the stage and hold up the jersey and put on the hat and and hug the commissioner. You, you feel bad for these kids coming in, but it, it'll be an interesting watch. It, it, I, I'm looking, actually a little bit looking forward to you that. You know what I don't like about the draft now? I, I agree with you. I like seeing the picks come out and get the jersey and so forth. What I don't like is with all the, the fanfare and the, the fun and the analysis and so forth, is the stupid camera that goes behind and you see the guy getting a phone call oh, before yeah. they announce oh, it. I yeah. don't like <laughs> I'd rather just hear them, okay, the 12th pick of the 2020 NFL draft is. And it's like, oh, who is it? But, you know, you get, they have to have too many. Yeah. Too much information at times. Well, and they finally quit pretending like it was a surprise. Remember several yeah. years ago now where when Twitter first became a thing and things were getting announced on Twitter first and ESPN was all mad about that. And then ESPN would actually accidentally show a live feed of player X in his living room, hopping up and down, hugging his mother in a 49ers hat. And then Mel Kuyper still trying to pretend like there's some suspense on what's coming up with yeah. this next big. It was like, good God, we know we get it. Stop this. So yeah, I, I think that'll be interesting, right? Cause we really are not going to know what's coming. There, there's nothing. The thing I'm not going to miss Maybe I will. I don't know. Even when it's just at Radio City, you know, every time the Jets would make a draft pick, all those idiots in the fireman hats would start jumping out of the out of the freaking balcony. They're so angry. Meanwhile, they've never heard of this guy, and they've never heard of the guy <laughs> they thought they wanted to be picked at the same time. Right. But all of that, and what it turned into last year, I, I think really turned into a circus, where especially on day two and day three, where the teams would bring former players out to announce the pick. And then they yeah. would go out and deliberately antagonize the crowd. <laughs> it's like, you know, we're cutting wrestling promos. Or, yeah. or meanwhile, then you bring out World War II veteran whatever <laughs> from this yeah. town, but but the fans of the other town are there. So you're booing a 102-year-old Arnie, well, you know, D-Day survivor. Are you kidding me, you Dolts, stop, enough of this. There is nothing, Rick, in this world. There is a billion things I would rather do than ever attend the NFL draft as what it stands out. Could you imagine you were standing 47 blocks away <laughs> yeah. and, and listening to this nonsense? They'd be three picks ahead by the time the sound would reach you where some of these jackals were standing. I don't know. Good for the NFL. This is why it is what it is. But I couldn't imagine anything worse. Nothing worse. I agree. I agree 100%. All right. Well, I heard a rumor, Rick, that uh, the legal tampering period is in effect and uh, that some moves may be being made already. Yeah, really? I I've heard that. I mean, I in, in football, true. there's actually been yeah. some moves being made. Do you think it's bad? There's still people complaining here at uh, 625 Eastern that this is bad optics for the NFL Only to get rolling. Michael Florio, I, uh, you know. That man hates the NFL. He chose a weird industry to go yeah, into. He hates you know, the NFL. Because they are conducting <coughs> business basically remotely. Right. Isn't that like, what we're supposed to be doing? Like, yeah, they're staying away from social contact and they're conducting business remotely. 
this is akin to airing an NFL game two days after the assassination of JFK. That was his words. He said that? Yes. But what a clown. Yes. It is. It, he said that? And I'm waiting that? for all of it because he deserves oh, it. Oh, you want me to let it ride? Huh? Yeah, yeah, because he deserves it all. You know, I, I'm sorry, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, Florio. I mean, <laughs> let, let me get down my pen out. No, there. but uh, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, Mike Florio, but uh, you know, you are a boob when it comes to that kind of an opinion right there. That that you you can cannot. Say, I don't like it, but to right to oh my god, yeah, I, you I can can't form words. Sh- you can shut down certain things but you but the world doesn't have to stop i mean you know business has to go on or you're going to head to financial collapse i applaud the nfl look we we hold enough vitriol towards them you know over the years but you know hats off to them look they're not playing games they don't have to stop business and I and I'm sure the NHL are probably discussing things. Oh, absolutely. You know, in Major League Baseball, they're looking forward to the upcoming season, but you can't play any games right now. The NFL's not playing games. Right. So we're conducting business. What is wrong with that? I mean, I went to the grocery store yesterday. Are they supposed to shut down? I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I don't know where this opinion comes from. And quite frankly, he needs to zip it because it's just a stupid opinion. Yeah, in other opinions I've heard in terms of the optics, and, and I really didn't like this because it comes down to, you know, look, in the larger context to everything that's going on, but it, still it comes down to petty jealousy that – you know, we're starting this up, and so many people are going to be suffering through this, both with what it is and economically. It's just a bad look for these football players to be signing multi-million dollar contracts. Why? Why? Yeah, why? If you care about the NFL, this is interesting to you, and what a welcome distraction today. And like I said, it saved our butts as, as Rick was. What what were you researching? What was the topic of today's show going to be? The size of blue whales? Is that what you told me? <laughs> no, hell no. That just happened to pop up as one of the – I was just – so this is what the NFL saved you from today, folks. This is what Rick came in here prepared for. Consequently, uh, the largest ever recorded blue whale with 190 tons. So, When are the two of you going to grow up? I mean, this shtick was cute for a while, but it's gotten stale. It has. It really has. Speaking but- of stale, you know, we need to move on to some fresh material, which is... Uh- the new the moves that have been made oh, today. Oh yeah, yeah. We we could talk about that. A lot of franchise and transition tags being thrown around today, Rick, and that was um you know, you don't see a lot of transition tags thrown around. Not often. But no. um and and for those of you that don't really know the difference, um basically in a nutshell, if if you are slapped with a franchise tag, the um you are going to get what is that? The average of the top five at your position. At your position, right? And they have exclusive rights to you. The transition tag. If you get that, they use the top ten of your position. 
But if a team makes an offer for that player, the team that put the transition tag on them has a first right of refusal. Right. They can match it but to keep that they player. Can still negotiated yes. deal, you know, with, with another team, right? Which that was uh, Kenyon Drake did that one. Yes, and we'll get into everything Arizona did today. Very interesting, but uh, the NFC West is the dynamics have changed already yeah, dramatically, haven't they? Fitting to get interesting <laughs> yeah. out there, but you know some moves not a big surprise. Dak Prescott obviously couldn't couldn't get a deal done. I'm surprised franchise Dak Prescott. No words on Amari Cooper being signed yet. I, I always sort of figured they'd find a way to get Dak signed. You know the market sort of been mm-hmm. set, and then you, we'd have seen Amari Cooper franchise. So. But the move in and of itself is not a surprise. A.J. Green, I, I still question that one uh, for the Me Bengals. Too. However, they they said they were going to do this. I think we talked about this two weeks ago, if I remember right, Rick. Yep. So, so this one didn't come out as a surprise. Once Ryan Tannehill got signed, I don't think it's a surprise that, that Derek Hen- Henry took that deal. Speaking of Henry, Hunter Henry surprised me. a little. This is a guy I thought was going to hit the market. The Chargers, doesn't the – franchising and making sure you keep Hunter Henry around. Doesn't that feel like a play for Tom Brady to you a little bit? It certainly is making a play for a quality quarterback. Right. However, if you look at it from a different light, you're spending an awful lot of money for a tight end that's played 12 games in the last two years. Exactly. Look, we all know what Hunter Henry can do. He he basically missed – a quarter of the season last year and still set receiving records for himself, um, you know, career records. But, you know, Phil Rivers is gone. That chemistry's already, you right. know, hit the road. So somebody's going to have to come in and it's going to be, you know, a real feeling out process. It could be Andy Dalton. It could be a Tom Brady. It could be, who knows, Jameis Winston. I don't know. But right now, there's no indications that there's been any moves. No. I mean, Towards the Chargers, I mean. Yeah, I mean, we're still kind of waiting. And I guess Tannehill being signed would maybe the first domino, only in as much as it affected Tom Brady, right? That now Tennessee, while I never really bought into it, and now we find out the Titans were never really all that interesting. At least that's what's being reported. So that's what they're saying. They get the Tannehill deal done. I would, I never bought this one either. And then San Francisco, as soon as that gets no. done, they come out and say, yeah, we're not even interested in Tom Brady. I think we're going to find out here in the next 48 hours. The market's a little softer for Tom Brady than maybe we thought and certainly what he thought. So I think you're looking at the Chargers. Obviously, Tampa Bay, very, very interested from what we're hearing in Bruce area. But we've heard so many teams, Rick, San Francisco's interested, blah, blah, blah's interested. You know, Well, the Chargers are interested. Tampa Bay's interested and so forth. This doesn't surprise me. Look, this guy's a 43-year-old quarterback. Coming off his worst Coming off, yeah, worst of year, whatever. I mean, not a bad year. No, no, no. But, but still, he's 43 years old. And, you know, doesn't matter even if it's a one-year deal, which is what New England has related to him. That's what they're talking with him is a one-year deal. 
So he's looking for basically multiple years. He wants you know, two years, two, sixty plus million. Is yeah. basic. Is I, he's never said that, but what's been and out? If you want to invest thirty million dollars in a forty-three-year-old quarterback, I I don't think there's that many teams out there willing to do that. Look, Minnesota just extended Kirk Cousins. A lot of people don't like that move because, you know, Kirk Cousins hasn't won anything yet. Well, obviously, Minnesota has more confidence in Kirk Cousins than investing $30 more million in a guy that's going to be around for a year. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't think there's a huge market out there for him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I think we mentioned it, one of us, I know I did. I don't remember if you were on board or not in our predictions couple of weeks ago, you know, Indianapolis reported to be kicking the tires on a, on a Phillip Rivers, you know, the, the Chargers, I think. I guess let's st- stick with Tom Brady. The one that keeps getting mentioned more and more is, is Tampa Bay. And we all kind of scoff at that when we hear it at first. Boy, it just doesn't make any sense. You go from the Patriots to Tampa Bay. You know, if it's true that, number one, it was the kind of the disrespect factor just in terms of I, for 20 years, have taken less money and restructured and done this and this. I want to cash out one time. I want to be the bell of the ball. I I want it one time. And then you believe the narrative, you know, from last year is his frustration with having no weapons around him. Right. And it finally catching up with that organization Tampa Bay does make a lot of sense. You got the, you, assuming they give him the money, let's just say that's a given. You know, Bruce Arians showing him the love, showing him the respect. You know, Bruce Arians will just hand the playbook over to him and say, like he did with Roethlisberger all those years ago, you go ahead and run this thing, and you give him a Chris Godwin, and you give him a Mike Evans, and you give him an O.J. Howard. It, it's, you know, a very, very – it actually does make sense if it weren't for that stupid pirate flag on the side of the helmet and, and just what's been, but say for a year or two, a terrible organization. Yeah, but it also makes you think like you, you're talking about with all these weapons around them. And we've seen over the years non no-name running backs turn into somebody's. Hey, yeah, we could see that with with a team like Tampa Bay, right? When you have all those weapons out there and Tom Brady back there, now all of a sudden Ronald Jones looks pretty good. It could be interesting. You right? know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I know Peyton Barber. I think he's out of town, but um, you know Ronald Jones is still there, and I mean he could certainly. We said it two or three weeks ago. I think before Barber left, you know, nothing's flashy, but they could run the football. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, nothing great, but I mean, they, they were capable of running the football. With all these weapons running, it does make a lot of sense. And, you know, I'm not saying that some teams aren't going to go after him. I just don't think that the market is that deep as far as the number of teams that are willing to go. Look, San Francisco nipped that in the bud. No. Yeah. You know, this is. Well, you know. it was weird because I, I came on last week and we never got to it. You know, prepared to say it was odd. It seems ridiculous to me, but it was odd that San Francisco hadn't come out and said, "What are you talking about? We just paid right Jimmy Garoppolo a 
King's and by the way, ransom. we just went to the yeah, Super Bowl. And we were just 15 minutes away from winning the Super Bowl with this right. guy. It seemed odd they hadn't come out and said, nah, get, get out of here with that junk, which is what I would have expected them to do right away. But then they did come out you know, fairly early, right. late last week and say that. So I think if I had to predict this thing now, and I, this could sound stupid by the time this thing hits iTunes because how fast <laughs> things are moving today. I think what happens is Stefan Diggs is still agitating for a trade and acting like a trade's done. And there, there's a lot of, there's been rumors since one o'clock this afternoon that there's another big wide receiver deal coming. I got a funny feeling Stefan Diggs ends up in New England and then real quick you see Tom Brady maybe turn around and go back. That's what I'm thinking he ends up back in New England. I, he's, and we're going to hit on this trade obviously later because it's, it's, you know, the magnificent trade of the day. But I think Diggs, yeah, that's a good point. He could end up in in a New England. But I tell you what, Houston's going to have to be eyeing somebody up. Well, well let's get into that. Well, one, uh, I, before oh, that, you brought up Stefan Diggs. And, and look, I have no inside info, and I know you don't either, but I'm just looking <laughs> for your take. I mean, why – is Stefan Diggs so anxious to get out of Minnesota? Look, this team has been competitive, but you know, in recent years, anytime he's ever ever since he's been there, they've been they've been a competitive team. Right. They've been close to getting to the Super Bowl. They have, you know, had some real thrilling games. They've had some good seasons. He's getting the football. I don't understand what he he has this vitriol against Minnesota. There, there's something there. Obviously, there's yeah. an issue with Kirk Cousins, and I can't imagine Kirk Cousins unless this whole Pollyanna thing he puts out there is a total act. It can't be a personality conflict on Kirk Cousins' side. There's something about – because remember the beginning of last year, right? And, and Cousins right. was struggling, and Diggs was popping off every 10 minutes, and then Thielen even got involved, and there was that kind of whole deal. And, and it was kind of funny. When he started his tweet storm today, it was right after the announcement of that Kirk Cousins right. extension. Now, look, make no mistake about it. The Kirk Cousins extension was to get him more upfront money and to free up cap space. Sure. Look, anything in the last three years are meaningless. It was oh, yeah. just about – but it, it came kind of right after that. There's something with Kirk Cousins. Maybe there's something with the coaching staff, too. I, I don't know that. This has got to be about Stefan Diggs' opinion of Kirk Cousins. And, look, he almost got to a Super Bowl with Case Keenum. Yeah, I can't imagine. But from the beginning, it felt like there was something there. Because there hadn't been enough time had passed last season of failure for it to get to the level it did. I remember you and I on the old, uh, Our old show. On, on the old yeah. show you know, talking about how did we escalate to this point so fast? And I think Stefan Diggs, he's another one of those guys, and you see a couple every year in the NFL where you go out, you sign the longer-term deal, you get the big money, and then within 18 minutes, seven guys lap you in terms of what and you're now making. You're now you're not happy with right. your deal. So I think it's two things. I don't know if he thinks he, he can get traded and renegotiate with somebody, but th- this feels like a Kirk Cousins thing. And maybe it's just that. He doesn't like that Pollyanna choir boy thing. I, I don't know. I'm just complete right. speculation, but it almost has to be. Right. 
But anyway, getting to the trade of the deal, the Arizona Cardinals sending David Johnson and, oh, by the way, his entire salary responsibility to Houston, along with a 2020 second rounder. And a fourth in 21. And a fourth in 2021 for DeAndre Hopkins and a 2020 fourth round pick from Houston. That is... A super deal for Arizona. Oh, absolutely. And if by chance they have the cap room and so forth, and they've already somehow made a deal with like an Amari Cooper or, you know, a Stefan Diggs, it's not totally hideous for Houston, even though you are letting go, in my mind, the second best receiver in the league. Second only to in my mind to Michael Thomas. I don't know. Does does bringing? I guess let's start there. Does bringing in an Amari Cooper, a Stephon Diggs, does bringing in one of those guys make this a good deal? I I can't for the well, life of me understand. Look, getting the second rounder is nice. On top of it, I'm saying no. There are I, red I, flags everywhere with David Johnson. Sure, there are everywhere. And and think about it. They had Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson last year. Which isn't that bad of a combination. I, I wouldn't think. No, look, I guess we're going to find out real soon into the 2020 season is, you know, obviously David Johnson was hurt two years ago last year. You know, now he started, he started talking about injuries, but there was some type, type of personality conflict with the coaching staff. They didn't like him. He didn't want to be there. I honestly thought he would be cut. Or he'd be traded. He'd be one of those guys traded for a fifth-round pick. And then you turn on the ESPN, and he's traded for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know who Houston could bring in to pair with David Johnson that, that would make up for this loss. Oh, I can't either. It's, it's incredible. And, and to be honest with you, Rick, when I first saw it, it said – I can't remember the exact headline, but it says Johnson goes to Houston, Hopkins goes to Arizona, something to that nature. And already in my mind, rolling around, okay, let's see, let's see, DeAndre Hopkins, let's see, for what, Johnson and what, a first? Yeah. A second? Two firsts you know, and, and a maybe second? a first next yeah. year, something like that. And I'm, and then all of a sudden I look at, wow, you know, man, I, you know, Hey, Bill O'Brien, man, we saw he couldn't call plays. Right. Apparently, he, he can't, can't call G- a deal to either very well. No, apparently he he can't GM either. I mean, this is just – and you look at, at what you're left with, an absence of bringing anybody else in, which they'll bring somebody else in in a wide trade, you free have agency, to. draft. We talked about this off air. I mean, you have Will Fuller, who we've talked about over the years, you know, has star written in oh. in his future if he can play more four games yes. a year. He, he is a star wide receiver. The problem is he can't string together three consecutive quarters. Right. Notice I didn't say games. Yeah. Three consecutive quarters. I don't want to call him injury prone. I don't I, any of that. But if you look back at the length and breadth of his short career, 
he can't stay on the field. And now you're looking at this guy not only to be a number one wide receiver on an NFL team, an NFL team coming out of the play, having been in the playoffs, having won a division of an NFL team and replacing DeAndre Hopkins, right. replacing the first, second, or third best wide receiver in this league, depending on how you want to look at it. I don't really care. We're not going to debate that right now. Replacing him and being that number one piece, it's it, that second round pick just isn't enough. Now I not have nearly enough. When your wide receiver two is who is never healthy is now your wide receiver one, and now your wide receiver two, no disrespect, is Kenny Stills. Look, Kenny Stills hasn't been mistaken for Jerry Rice anytime no. soon. Now, if you listen and, to some of the fantasy people, you know, to get back into our old business, what you think he was, right? He was Jerry Rice and Michael Thomas's love child all of a sudden today because he's been elevated to the number two wide. No, that's nonsense. He's a nice, he's a nice receiver, a nice complimentary receiver. However, he's Kenny Stills. Come right. on. Exactly. I agree. So I, I don't know where Houston goes from here. Like you said, they they got nothing for Hopkins basically, and yet they are eating David Johnson's entire salary. Conversely, let's look at the other side of that coin. Now you have a wide receiving core of Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, and Christian Kirk. Wow, yeah, that's a that's a wow. And you have Kenyon Drake, who just exploded out of the gates with running back in that system last year. And Kylie Murray has a, another year under his belt. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, and look back, the, the Arizona, while they were anemic as a team, they were a bad football team. Their offensive numbers were sneaky good. You go back and look at it now, you know, kind of in a vacuum. They, they were much better offensively than I think, at least I thought they were. I guess I won't tell you how good or bad you thought they were offensively. But Kyler Murray made nice, steady progress as the year went on. And, and Larry Fitzgerald coming back, and he can still get it done. And and as you look, this offense is quite, quite dynamic right now. Oh, it really is. And that also gives them the opportunity to, with the upcoming draft, fill in some of those gaps on that defense that was lacking last year. Look, the Cardinals were a bad team last year. But they were a fighting team. They gave everybody a scare. Everybody. And they did not give up in any game. Right. They had that, what, tie with the Browns or something right off the bat. I think it was the first game of the year, wasn't it? I think you're right. And then they lost like three straight. Then they won three straight. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they just kept plugging along. And uh, I I look for a lot of improvement with Arizona coming up in 2021. I, I guess you you look at it for Houston. I guess it's 2020 we're getting into. Yeah. Now I'm getting way ahead yeah. of myself here. Yeah, I say I hope this isn't some sort of a bad omen that this nonsense lasts through and cancels the NFL season. <laughs> yeah, as no well. kidding. Can David Johnson? Would David Johnson a 20? When's the last 18? Was that when he was healthy in in a stud running back? 17, 18, whatever. Yeah, year whenever. That say happened. he returns to that. Does can that then justify this move? Along with the second round pick, I don't think it does. I, I'll, I'll tip my hand. I still don't think it does. I don't think it does unless it results in Houston going 
12 and four and running away with the division and, and getting to the Super Bowl or something of that nature. And yeah. then you can say, boy, that was a good move. But there's a lot of ifs there. I mean, you know, David Johnson has to get back to where he was. The offensive line has to be much better than they were last year. Right. And I mean, look, I'm not convinced he's going to be all that much better if at all, than Carlos Hyde was. Based on the last two NFL seasons, he's not going to be. Now, I guess what you can take away from this is the failure last season was less about health and ability than system fit and getting along with Kingsbury. You know, I, I don't know that. I guess I'm trying to find the justification for this. I have read in a couple of places since then that O'Brien and Hopkins didn't necessarily get along. But if I own the Houston Texans, right? Bill O'Brien is certainly not a good enough of a GM and even more so not good enough of a coach to be getting rid of players the caliber of DeAndre Hopkins because you can't get along with them. If I own the Houston Texas, I'm getting rid of Bill O'Brien before I get rid of DeAndre Hopkins, if it's that. That's Definitely. what doesn't make sense to me. I agree. I don't know how this is going to end up, or and we'll see the results of it. You know, a year from now, we'll look back and we'll say, boy, that was the worst deal in history for Houston or – you know, they did okay, whatever. I'm leaning towards Arizona on this Shocking, one. and I did not, just didn't see that one coming. I, I think the other one in, interesting uh, early one here, Rick, is Austin Hooper, tight end, signing with the Browns, four years, $44 million. Boy, it was such a nice fit in Atlanta. And the Browns, once again, winning the offseason, really, when you look at it, maybe in second place to Arizona right now, but... I'm I'm interested in this fit. I, I I don't know what I think you can tell by my stammering. I don't know what to make of this one. That one's this one surprised me. Well, you know, it, it's to me it makes sense in in it the fact that you have oh and by the way the Browns picked up Case Keenum as a nice right. back. I look at look behind you, Baker. Yeah, yeah you uh, better um, uh, better get it back on track. But it really makes sense that. This team has realized that even with with the Beckham and Jarvis Landry wide receiving core, that was Nick Chubb that that really was the key focus in that offense. Right. Well, I mean, you start putting out two a lot of two tight end sets with quality tight end receivers. Right. You can see a lot of chunks of yardage going down yeah. the field instead of trying to rely on forcing it to, to Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry a hundred times a game. And it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think it's good. I don't think Hooper is going to go in there and all of a sudden you'll see David Njoku on the bench and so forth. I think this is going to be a really beefed up incorporated offense. Well, and, and here's what I'm I'm curious about. In, in what it means for, for these offenses, right? So you, you go from Atlanta going back to, you know, Tony Gonzalez before, and, hell, we can go all the way back to Algie Crumpler, right? But, <laughs> but let's not even go that far. But in Matt Ryan's tenure, you know, and going Tony Gonzalez into Austin Hooper, in Matt Ryan's ten, tenure here, 
that tight end, that pass-catching tight end, has been a big part of that offense. Now, they're a pass-first offense because Julio got hurt. His, Roddy White got it. Everybody got theirs. Calvin Ridley's getting his. So everybody's getting it, and you saw Hooper take that jump up last year. That's a big part of this Falcons offense, and specifically with with Matt Ryan. Now you you pick that up and you go to Cleveland, and you mentioned David and Joku. You know, from a raw skill standpoint, from an athletic ability, from a cast pass catching ability standpoint they have that guy in Njoku and he wasn't a part of the offense to your point it was about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt who I I believe I saw they put a second round tender on so it looks like he's still going to be there freaking out all the fantasy people but a really good football move and you got Beckham and it looks like he's not going to be traded now whether we'd kind of heard those rumors and now you're hearing today that's not going to happen You've got a Jarvis Landry is under Baker Mayfield. And look, we don't have enough of a sample size with Baker Mayfield yet. And with this Browns offense, is the pass catching tight end enough of a priority for for an Austin Hooper? When you look at, you know, Green Bay was kicking on the tires with him after they cut Jimmy Graham, who we know the tight end can be a part of Aaron Rodgers. Anyhow, it, it was just an interesting fit. I just want to look from a financial standpoint, from Link's guaranteed money. Austin Hooper was thinking about that probably more than his touchdown catches. I wonder what Austin Hooper's going to be. If Cleveland's going to turn that direction, then this is a fantastic move for their offense. Or is he just another guy? Because I feel like Njoku should have been that guy from everything you see, and he wasn't. It'll be interesting to see. It will. I mean, it's, again, Cleveland making news before the season even starts again, which is, you know, it was rare last year, and, and now we're doing it again. I mean, this is just getting starting to be a regular occurrence with with right. Cleveland. It's what they do. Yeah, exactly. And interestingly, and then with losing Hooper, then the Falcons turn around and give a second and fifth round pick to Baltimore, bring in Hayden Hurst. You know, right. Fantasy guys, put your antennas up. The tight end is important in this offense. And what a deal. What a deal for Baltimore. God, Baltimore's got – I hate that team as a Steeler fan, but I am so respectful of and jealous of their front office. They go out and give up nothing for Calais Campbell over the weekend. A fifth-round fifth pick for Calais Campbell. And you who, get that back along with a second round for your third-string tight end they did today. Right. It's amazing what they do. Yeah. And a lot of people as well, you know, Calais Campbell's been around for a while. Right. He's 33, so he's only in Baltimore for two or three years at the most. And still, you only gave up a fifth-round pick. Big deal. Right, exactly. Amazing what they do. I'm very but, – but Hayden Hurst, that, any good, decent pass-catching tight end – in that Atlanta offense is going to be valuable to to Atlanta, right? So they go out and they do that. Boy, it seemed like a heavy price to me, but exactly they, they got a guy back. We're yeah. running out of time, so we got to run through a few of these. Look, with with Cincinnati, seems like they're looking to deal or get rid of Andy Dalton. They slap the franchise tag on AJ Green. <sighs> yeah, 
if I'm A.J. Green, yes, I'm going to get paid. But, boy, I'm not real happy with the direction the Bengals are going. You, you wouldn't think. I <laughs> yeah. guess it depends on how he feels about Joe Burrow because that guarantees now, right? They're not – well, I guess they haven't traded Andy Dalton yet, I guess. No, he's still there. They're talking but... to Cleveland along with teams reaching out to Jacksonville for Nick Foles, which I didn't think would happen. I'm actually surprised. I was wrong on that one. You were on the side of that one last week or the week before whenever we discussed this. I, I was flat wrong on that one. I didn't think there'd be a market for Nick Foles. Yeah, I think they still believe that he, that in my mind, okay, he's injured. He came back from an injury. Jacksonville sucked. He just wasn't in. I think they think, you know, if he's in the right situation, Nick Foles is still going to be a good quarterback because I still see these years with Philadelphia. Right. I, I think a lot of people look at that. Um, let's see. Bud Dupree slapped the franchise tag on in Pittsburgh. Uh, consequently, Mark Barron cut, which kind of surprised me. Quality backup linebacker, but they got to get make some room. Derek Henry, the franchise tag. I think we mentioned that mm-hmm. because Tannehill signed. Um, Tells you they like what they have in Tennessee. They believe it wasn't a wasn't kind of a one hit wonder last year. Keeping it all together, try it one more time. He stays healthy. I, I think they're on the right track. There, that is just a. Smash my football team. Yeah, I, good I like defense, it. and and he will run you over. Right. So, and we talked about Hunter Henry. We talked about. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where Stephon Diggs ends up. I think where it, Amari Cooper ends up. Um, and and it's surpri- Alshon Jeffrey rumored to be on the move. So you see some shuffling around. Yeah, the there really is. Position. I mean, P- Prescott from Dallas got the franchise tag. Kind of surprising. I mean, I like to hit on that. You mentioned it, and I really we moved on from something else. It seems to me like you would put more effort if you, if you're franchising Dak Prescott to keep the best receiver on the football team. You would think, and I I thought one or the other would get done, and the other would get franchise tagged right. while they try to figure it out. So I'd, I'd be curious to see what's going on there. Real quick, we've only got a couple minutes left. I want to take a left turn. From obviously, we don't get college basketball this week, but Iona, under the cover of darkness with everything going on in the world, in the shadow of the tournament being canceled and the NCAA world being turned upside down, Iona hires Rick Patino. Yeah, he is back. What? <laughs> That's all I got to say. What? Well, Iona will be on probation in four or five years, <laughs> and he'll go about his business. But they're going to win some basketball. Well, they're going to win a they're lot gonna, of basketball they're games. They're going to make some tournament runs. Yes, it's... indeed. I mean, I like it. I, I think um, put your eggs in a basket and get yourself a good coach and. If it has to happens to be one that's just down a little bit, so be it. But I tell you, Rick Patino is Rick Patino, and, and we've seen what he did at Kentucky and Louisville, and, uh, and he was winning over in Greece where he was. He just where was wins he before basketball. Kentucky? Providence, wasn't it? At one time, there wasn't there an NBA stint somewhere yeah, in there. Was, I yeah, think, the NBA yeah, as well. You're right. Yeah, it started in Providence. Yep. Yeah, it was Providence, not Boston College, right? No, I think it was Calipari Providence. was Boston College. Right. Patino was, was Providence, you're right. So. Or Calipari was UMass, wasn't he? Or, yeah, UMass. Yeah. Nobody was Boston College. No. Never, I'm just making <laughs> nah, stuff yeah. up now. Somebody was, but we don't well, know Well, at some point, somebody coached Boston College, I'm certain. And in <laughs> fact, I'm given to understand somebody may be coaching them right now as well. Most likely, but not now because they're not playing. Well, not, not now yeah. at all. So. <laughs> so sad. I'm just sad, Rick. I really it am. It is. And, I mean, you know, we've got a lot. I mean, we can talk about different things as 
events are supposed to be played. We can talk about things that have happened in ones that we've seen before. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if we're going to stick with it. We're as long as we're allowed, we're going to keep having a show every week here. We're, we're going to have some fun. We call it. It's just sports. It may not just be sports here for a little while. Everybody. Real quickly. I thought it was interesting. They played around at the TPC. I know we got to go, but why didn't they just ban the fans and let them finish the tournament? Yeah. I know optics. I think is what I it guess. comes down to again, optics, same with NASCAR. It's kind of what we saw. So, Hey, everybody, Everybody stay safe out there. God willing, we will be back next week. Check out everything, 12OunceSportsNetwork.com at 12OZ Sports. Follow your boys at Asylum Football on Twitter. Uh, it's just sports, 123 at gmail.com. Hey, it's wide open for a few weeks here. If you want to discuss something, let us know. But, uh, hey, till then, we'll see you. Take care. <laughs>